Uh, Psalm 107, verse number 23. This is um, a psalm. Uh, We don't really know who wrote the psalm, but we do know their intent was, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Remember from Sunday, we're going to get into some review. There have been those who have been delivered, but we're going to see a different type of people, a different group when we get to Psalm uh, to verse number 23. Verse number 23, Psalm 107, the Bible says, They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy winds, wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them Out of their distresses, he maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, I just pray that you would help uh, guide me this evening as we preach. I pray that you would bless each part of the service. Encourage us now tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We just took some testimonies about the goodness of God in our life. By the way, we do not deserve the blessings of God. No, what do we deserve? We deserve the judgment of God. And yet, God is a good God who desires to bless us. And when we stop and we begin uh, looking at our lives, there is great reasons to praise God. What we really focused on on Sunday uh, was more those who have been delivered by God must praise and give thanks to God, right? Those who have been delivered delivered by God should praise God for His goodness for his wonderful works. Real quickly, there were three sections of people in that, in what we dealt in the first sections of the psalm there. There were those who were wandering, they were lost. There were those who were enslaved, they were in chains and in darkness. Uh, there were those who were, um, because of their foolish decisions, were facing the wrath of God. And really, this isn't talking about three different types of people, but it's talking about all descriptions of kind of the same group. They were under the judgment of God because they had ignored God's word because they had rebelled against God. Does not that describe every one of us? Your testimony has been at one time, if, it, if, if by God's grace you've been saved, it's no longer, but every person begins their life with the testimony, I'm lost, I'm enslaved to sin, I am facing the judgment of God. Yet, when we cry out to God in repentance, though uh, they cried out to God in their distresses and in their trouble. They lifted up their voice and said, Lord, I can't get myself out. There's no other way. What did God do? He delivered them. 
right? He, he brought, he, those who were lost he sat, and hungry, he satisfied them. Those who were in chains, he broke the chains asunder. Those that were awaiting the wrath of God, he healed them and brought them out of their afflictions. Um, there is no other way to be rescued from the power of sin. What the psalmist is dealing with is not necessarily the physical, but the spiritual. He's using uh, physical analogies, physical illustrations to describe what is going on in the hearts and the minds of people. And they were rescued because of the goodness and the wonderful works of God. Uh, the faithfulness and the mercy of God, that's the goodness, the the promise-keeping love of God, and then the wonderful works of God is what only God has the power to do, what is beyond the ability of man. The amazing works, the amazing power of God is what rescued them. And if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have every reason to praise the Lord tonight. We ha Think about this. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It will never be taken out. For all of eternity, you are safe with God. For all of eternity, you've been saved from the wrath of God. Talk about a reason to praise God. Come on. Talk about a reason to give glory to God. Look what God has saved me from. Look what God has rescued me from. Uh, this is where my own way was taking me, but I cried out to God and He delivered me. He rescued me. I have reasons to praise God. The greatest assurance the greatest security you can have in this life is to know you're in the hand of the Father. Who is in the, um, you're in the hand of Christ who is in the hand of the Father. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand to know that your soul is secure with God. We should praise God for that. Never get over your salvation. If you've been, it, it, never get over the fact that God did everything that was necessary for sinners who got the, who, we got ourselves into the predicament on our own, okay? Um, we rebelled against God. We were born in sin, but we each chose sin. It, it wasn't that God messed up. No, no, no. We chose that, and yet when we cried out to God, God still reached out, and He still delivered us. But the truth of that applies even to saved people. How many times after, you've gotten, after, after you got saved, praise the Lord, you only need to get saved once. You are eternally secure with God. Once you are born again, God cannot reject his own. He cannot deny his own. That's what the Bible says. Nowhere in the Bible do you find someone who's been born again losing their salvation, losing their status as a child of God. But you do find people in the Bible who are a child of God who are not in God's will and get themselves into all kinds of problems because they're not where God wants them to be. Uh, we've been go we're regularly going through the life of David. How many times did David end up where he wasn't supposed to be uh, because of his own foolishness, where he ends up in Gath twice? At this, uh, you know, you, uh, at one point you say, okay, David, you made a mistake. You should learn from your lessons. David, again? Okay, uh, some of us would be, David, we're, come on. Uh, I'm done with you. You should get out of the problem yourself now. But there are times when we know what God wants us to do and rebel, we rebel for a while, like a Jonah. He knew what God wanted him to do. He said, no, I'm not doing that. And he ended up in affliction. He ended up in darkness in the belly of a whale. And yes, I really believe that happened because the Bible says so. And it was when he cried out to God that God delivered him. And God gave him the ability to do what God had told him to do in the first place. 
There's times where sometimes we're just not paying attention. We forget about God. We're, we're foolish. We forget that God, we're, we just operate like God's word doesn't exist. Oh, this is what I want to do. That's what David did. And we get ourselves in a world of hurt. But then we cry out to God. And God's goodness and God's wonderful works are there to deliver us. Each person, if we begin going around this room, could give testimonies. Thank God. Praise God for His goodness. For His wonderful works to the children of men. But some of the greatest reasons to praise God and some of the greatest stories of deliverance that we have in God's Word don't come from those like Jonah who were rebelling against God, but come from those who were serving God and still found themselves in need of deliverance. Okay? If you've been going, if you've been with us as we've been going through the life of David, even if uh, you haven't been coming that long, you, you understand this. You can be in God's will and where God wants you to be and still face some pretty difficult circumstances. And, and run, sometimes it is in the center of God's will that we run into some of the biggest storms. But it's, but it's the biggest storms that make the best stories and can give amazing reasons to praise God. All right, let's get to the text. Psalm, uh, verse number 23. The psalmist begins to describe a, a different group of people here. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. There are those who, because of their work, because of their business, because of their occupation, they encounter greater opportunities, and greater obstacles than others can even imagine. Okay, the psalmist here is using the imagery and the, the illustration of a sailor doing work most likely on the Mediterranean Sea, maybe even to the ocean, though that was in the land of Israel. That would not have been known. It would have basically been there, the Mediterranean Sea. But in that day... Um, you didn't go out on the Mediterranean Sea out into the deep for fun. The ships were very small. They were very frail. Um, how many have actually seen the mock-ups even of the ships of Christopher Columbus? A lot of our tugboats are bigger than some of the ships that Christopher Columbus tried to sail across the Atlantic Ocean in. Okay, and so, and that was in the 14, uh, 1490s, okay? We're going back to before Christ was born, there was not massive ships. There was not steam power. There was not electric. You, you built uh, these ships, and so for someone to go out on the sea, they weren't there for a pleasure cruise. Uh, they didn't have those. They, it wasn't there for a sightseeing tour. It was someone who went out because that's what their occupation required. They were there, what does our text say here? They, they were there to do business in great waters. It was the work that's associated with your job. And um, I get to preach because I'm the pastor here at this church, but it's, 
I'm going to preach because that's what God has called me to do. And I get to do it here at Community Baptist Church, and I'm so thankful for it. But that's part of my business. That's part of not because I've been hired as a pastor, but because that's what I've been called by God to do is to preach the word of God. And so that's my occupation with that. But these men were sailors. They went out onto the, sh- onto the sea. And especially in that day, it was a treacherous, it was a dangerous calling. But those who went out into the deep, those who went out into those deep waters, got to see things that no one else did. Okay, what does the Bible say? Um, These see the works of the Lord, they see His wonders. Same root word as wonderful works there, just um, this would be a noun instead of an adjective. They see the God's wonders in the deep. Okay, They didn't have cell phones to take pictures. They didn't have Facebook or Instagram to, to share what they had seen. They could only tell stories. All right, uh, A couple years ago, well, last year we got to go to Guam and we got to take Amy to her grandparents, first grandbaby. We got to, uh, she got to go over there, and that was my first time leaving the continental United States. But could you imagine telling someone who's only seen the, the, the sound or the Atlantic Ocean here off of the south shore of Long Island, if they've only seen that, could you imagine trying to describe to them a tropical island? No, no, no. It, it's this color blue that we don't have here, it's, but it's all different shades. And they, you could say, you just had to be there. And all of their words, they could try, they were able to see creatures, they were able to see sights that other people couldn't even imagine. Because of their occupation, they were in deep waters, but because of the deep waters, they got to see things that other people couldn't see. It was, it was an amazing thing. But part of the wonders of the deep, the Bible says, these see the works of the Lord, His wonders in the deep, for He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind and lifteth up the ways thereof. Part of the wonders of the deep was the immensity, the severity of the storm. And the psalmist is, here is clear that the Lord is the one who allowed the storm to come. It was the Lord who raised up the winds. By the way, God is in control of this world. It's His world He created it. Sometimes people in our world get really out of whack because they're trying to take care of what only God can take care of. Just a side note, what all the climate activists and all of that, what they're trying to do is they're trying, they don't believe in God. They don't believe God is in control of this world. And so they believe it's up to them to keep this world together. You can't. My God can say, peace be still and the waves stop. You try that sometime. It doesn't work, okay? Uh, we, we serve the God who, has, who holds this world together, and He's going to hold it together till it's, He's done with it. Yes, we should treat it well. Yes, we should take care of it. But we're not in control of it. He is. That one was free. Side note. But here the psalmist is making it clear it's the Lord who raised up the storm. And the storm was something that God was controlling, but it was completely out of the control of the sailors. Okay, let's, it, it says they, though they mount up to heaven and they go down to the depths, right? Uh, get down again into the depths. They tell us that the waves on the Mediterranean Sea, uh, they, the crest can easily reach up to 30 feet on, in the middle of a storm. But if you're going up to 30 feet, 
and then you're dropping into the depths. You're not just dropping another 30 feet because the water is moving. Um, I don't even like roller coasters that much. I especially don't like the spinny rides because I am uh, get very motion. I get motion sick very easily. Um, no amusement park has anything on what these sailors were going through. What the psalmist is describing here, and it's one thing to see a storm from the safety of your house. Okay, your house can be destroyed in a storm. You can rebuild a house. Okay, you can re- you can replant a field. But if the storm takes apart your ship, that's all she wrote. Uh, that's the end of the story, folks. Uh, this, this isn't just a, oh, this is terrible. No, we're talking a life and death situation here. If, if the boat comes apart, that's it. There's nothing left. And you're in deep, it says they're doing business in great waters. Okay, for me, I don't like waters that get up much over about here. Okay, that's a lot deeper than that when you're out in the deep. And the great storms they encountered doing the business of their calling rendered them helpless. Okay, the psalmist describes the power of the storm that was terrifying to the sailors. It says um, that they, their, their soul melted in them. The idea of the soul is their, all their courage, who they are. It fled away. We're doing a lot of cooking, Thanksgiving. How many ever stuck a uh, stick of butter in the microwave? And if you stick it in there too long, it all just goes, and it's all a big puddle of butter. That describes how they felt. All their courage as sailors, it was gone. It was just running away. It, was, uh, it wasn't there anymore, but it was terrifying to them. It was overpowering, okay? It says they reeled to and fro. They stagger like a drunken man. It was not that they were drunk. It was that they were completely under the control of the storm. We say someone who's drunk is under the influence, right? It is now the liquor or the drugs that is uh, controlling them. Something else is moving them. Okay, here's the sailors. What once was an easy task, walking the deck, lashing down cargo, something they could do in their sleep was now impossible, because of the power of the storm. They, they had no control. It, they were, it was an overpowering storm. It was also an overwhelming storm. They were at their wit's end. Okay? It wasn't that they were just scared. The idea of wits theirs is they say, keep your wits about you. Keep your skill. Keep your intellect. Keep your experience. Be ready to respond. Here's what, here's what the psalm is saying. Everything they've tried can't work anymore. Okay, all their experience no longer applies. They, they get to a point where they literally can do nothing. They're at the end of their skill. They're at the end of their ability. Everything they know to do, every, they've tried it. It hasn't worked. They're just holding on for dear life. You go, once again, Pastor, this is an encouraging Thanksgiving message. Um, what you might, you might even be able to ask, what does a storm-tossed sailor have to do with Thanksgiving? What does it have to do with me? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's why I wrote it in my notes. 
I really appreciate the help of uh, a pastor, uh, Matt Farinella. He's a pastor out in, uh, Se- uh, in the Seattle area, greater Seattle area there in Washington. And he preached this text in, at Heartland Baptist Bible College at a conference back in 2018. And it's a message that has helped me and has stuck with me for a um, number of years now, even before I became the pastor here at Community Baptist Church. And just has... Um, Obviously, we're basing this on the Word of God, but just some of the thoughts he had was extremely helpful. So we need to ask this. How did these sailors end up in the storm? If we need to know how they applied to our lives, how did the sailors end up in the storm? Well, they did not end up in the storm because they were rebelling against God. Right? They, they're, they're not here because they're ignoring God's commands. The text makes it clear that the sailors were here because of their business, because of their purpose. Okay, they're, they're, they're not in disobedience that they're in the storm. Okay, It's also, they did not end up in the storm because they wanted to have cool stories to tell or they wanted to do something fun. Um, no, the sailors were in the deep because they had business to do in great waters. They had a purpose and a mission that took them into areas where no mere adventurer would go. They had a job to do. They had business. By the way, there is a great purpose in a business that God has called His children and His church to do. And the business of God is of the utmost importance. It doesn't matter what is comfortable. It doesn't matter what we want to do. The business that God has called every believer to do gives us the reason to serve God even in the crazy world in which we live. God has called every believer to participate in their local church and to, uh, for the purpose of reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the work that God sent His Son to do? Was to uh, seek and to save that which was lost, to go into all the world. The work of God is reaching others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, the other work that God desires is God desires to see, receive glory. God desires to receive praise from His children. And God desires to uh, receive glory through His churches. Uh, men and women of all languages and tongues and uh, nationalities learn about God and learn how to and uh, get saved and uh, begin to praise the Lord themselves. This is the work that God has called us to do and should be our highest priority. Okay, The, the work of God is the reason why we're here. Church should be our highest priority, not because of pastor, not because Amy's here, uh, not, uh, not because of the fellowship or the, the pie we're going to enjoy at the end of the service. Hey, that's, that's all great, but rather the reason what's going to keep someone coming to church is this is the business of God. This, this is what God has called us to do. Um, why do we need to live holy? Because we're earthen vessels that are to carry the light of the gospel to those that are around us. Uh, this is the, the reason to, that is the work that God has called us to do. Um, why do we need to give to missions? Because that's the work that God has called us to do. There is a purpose that God has given to us. There is a mission, there is an occupation that God has given to us, and that is to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church should be exciting. But we should be here to do the business of God. Not just because it's exciting or the cool thing to do, but because, no, we need to seek God, we need to follow God, this is the work of God. But doing the business of God requires us to go into deep waters. 
It requires us to go where it's not comfortable. And what's going to take us there is not our personal commitment. It is not our is not the the coolness of it or uh, that other people are doing it. What's going to take us there is, no, this is what God has called us to do. This is what we need to do. Hey, it's not comfortable to go out and talk to people about Jesus Christ. You're going to run into some interesting situations. I was out putting out door hangers yesterday, ran into an interesting situation uh, that wasn't really comfortable. Um, Someone was upset because I was putting out the door hanger bags. What do you say? Well, am I going to stop or am I going to keep doing the business of God? I'm not here to cause unnecessary conflict. I'm I'm not going to get in a fight. I'm not going to uh, be rude, but I, I do have work that God has called me to do. There is work that God has called every Christian to do. Someone may be say, I'm going to try to, uh, Pastor, I don't know about this whole missions thing, but I'm trying to get involved, and I'm going to give to missions for the first time, and I'm going to uh, try to be faithful to that, and then bills start coming in. It's going to take you into areas that are not comfortable. It's, it's going to take you into some um, deep waters trying to make it to church, trying to stay faithful when you have a, maybe have a spouse or a, a family member that doesn't understand when they want to discourage you. Hey, if, but are we... Ha- is going to take us into deep waters, but we have to realize, why am I here? I'm here because I'm doing the business of God. I'm here because I am obeying God. But even when you're obeying God, you're going to run into storms that leave you feeling utterly helpless. By the way, we don't like to feel helpless. We do not like to feel out of control. And this is where many Christians turn around and fail. Is because when the going gets tough, when it starts getting to where they're, um, it's out of control and it's being and it's troubling and it's rough. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, Satan will give you every ability and every opportunity to compromise, to back down, to say it's not that big of a deal, to change course to avoid the situation. But if we don't continue doing what God has called us to do, we're not going to see the blessings of God. We're not going to see the deliverance of God. There's times where you're going to be right where God wants you to be and you're going to be totally helpless. How about Paul and Silas? How many know the story of Paul and Silas? Philippians chapter 16. They were obeying the call of God. They received the Macedonian call. Come over into Macedonia and help us. They went to the city of Philippi. They began preaching the gospel. They helped a demon-possessed girl. They freed her from that so that she could learn about Jesus Christ. And what happened? They were arrested. They were falsely accused. They were beaten to a pulp. And they were thrown into the innermost cell of a dungeon without a trial, without anything else. Pretty helpless situation. How did they get there? Doing the work that God had called them to do. Uh, How about the three Hebrew children? God had commanded them, Thou shalt not bow down to any graven image. They weren't standing uh, against the graven image because they were rebelling against the king. Uh, They weren't standing there because they were trying to make a political statement. They were standing because they said, We're going to obey God. Come what may. We're going to obey God. And where did they end up? Thrown into the furnace, bound in their own clothes. The furnace was heated seven times hotter, and they were thrown right into the middle of the furnace, and there was nothing they could do about it. 
Sometimes it's easy to look at some of the Bible stories and roll your eyes a little bit and go, yeah, that's what happened then. But can I tell you, they're, they're there for a purpose because the same things happen today. That when you're trying to do the work of God, you're going to run into some difficult situations. I remember as a, as a young boy, I was six years old, Open Door Bible Baptist Church, a number of, uh, several people have been able to be there at Open Door Bible Baptist Church and uh, seen the beautiful building that is there. It was originally a Jewish synagogue. But in uh, 1998, we were purchasing that building. Orthodox Jews had given, uh, given uh, us, uh, given Open Door the ability to purchase the building. They had put $173,000 down, and then there were three yearly payments, uh, payment each year for three years of $200,000. They held the note at no interest. Orthodox Jews. That in itself is a miracle. The first year, they made the payment. The second year, November came. The payment was due November 1st. Open Door Bible Baptist Church was $150,000 short. They had said before, we're going to work with you. Yeah, we want you to get this building. November 2nd, they started the foreclosure process. Now there was a 90-day window that was built into that. But they started the foreclosure process with everything on the line. Because if Open, Door, if, if Open Door lost the building and all the money that had been given to it, every, we lost everything. Following God can lead you into some dark places. Can lead you into some difficult places. I remember, um, and it doesn't have to be something terrible that happens. I remember I had just gotten engaged in September of 2020. We were getting married the end of November uh, there, uh, uh, 2020, and uh, was making plans for that and found out the uh, apartment where I was living, they're selling the house. And I knew that was coming, but then all of a sudden with the, with the COVID housing market, it went on the market and it sold like that. And so all of a sudden, we were getting married uh, in, at the end of November and was told we're going to need to move out in December. And I go, where are we going to live? Now, I knew I was out here, and I, and I knew it was God's will for Jesse and I to get married. And I knew that God didn't want us living in a tent in December and January on Long Island. And so I knew that God needed to do something, but I'm going, where do I even begin to look? I begin looking on Zillow. And for a broke church planner, that's very discouraging because uh, they want uh, $200,000 to move into a senior, uh, one of the senior things. And I go, I'm not even a senior. And even if I was, that doesn't work. And begin, what are we going to do? Often to see God work, we have to reach a place where we're helpless, where we're at our wit's end where we don't know, where we've exhausted our resources and we cry out to God and say, God, what are you going to do? I can't do it. Those who follow God will encounter great storms, but they also will experience a greater deliverance and a greater knowledge of God. When we follow God into the deep, 
Because God has commanded us, because that's where we're going because of the business of God, we're going to have reasons to praise God that others will never know about, that others will just hear the stories about. We'll get to experience that because we're following God and we're exactly where God wants us to be. When, when you're in there, you may be in a situation where you go, I don't know how God is going to work this out. I don't know how this situation is going to go. Can I tell you this? Cry out to God because He is listening. Cry out to God because He is the one who can command the waves and the winds. He is the one who's in control here. Storms are a part of serving God. We may be out of answers, but God is never out of wisdom. We may be out of ability, but God is never out of His ability. God can whisper, peace be still, and even the winds and the waves obey Him. Paul and Silas ended up in prison But when they sang praises to God, God sent, an, just think about this, God sent an earthquake, earthquake, that opened doors and took their chains off, but didn't take the jail down and kill them. You talk about a pretty specific earthquake, okay? You talk about a, a wonderful work of God. Something that was beyond their power to do. And what happened? The jailer and his whole house got saved. You talk about Paul being able to tell some stories. Why? Because they had to go through some storms. And as they stayed faithful and they didn't say, this is too hard. This just isn't worth it serving God. It's, there's too much pain. No, they said, there's a reason that we're here. And when we're here doing the purposes of God, and come what may, I'm going to keep serving God, and we're going to keep praising God. And then they saw God deliver in an absolutely miraculous way. It was the three Hebrew boys who ended up thrown into the fire, and yet who showed up? The fourth man, like as of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, showed up in the fire with them, and he loosed them from there. And they wore walking around in the fire, and they they weren't getting hurt. In fact, they came out of the fire. Read Daniel chapter 3. They came out of the fire and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Just try standing over your barbecue for about 30 minutes and you're going to smell like smoke. They're thrown into the hottest furnace that they could possibly get into. They should have been burnt to a crisp. The guards who threw them in were killed by the heat of the flame. And yet, because they said, I don't care, come what may, I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to be faithful to God, whatever the cost. They saw God deliver in a miraculous way. Once again, it's not just the Bible stories. God wants to give you stories. Of God working in your life. I was only six years old at the time, but I can remember as clear as day my dad walking into our apartment, almost jumping up and down, saying, Look what the Lord did. There was one check that came in for $150,000. And there's a reason my dad refers to it as the miracle on 35th Street. 34th is over in Manhattan with Santa Claus. 35th Street, God did a miracle. And uh, uh, Open Door Bible Baptist Church is now a self-supporting, propagating church that has started other churches. Men that have gotten saved and trained are now starting other churches around New York City in the area because of that. That uh, Open Door supports over 70 missionaries on a monthly basis because of what God can do. God gave us a house to rent. 
We were, okay, I was, we were praying, Lord, you're going to have to do something. Lord, you're going to have to do something. Lord, I don't know what. Uh, someone had said, well, we're going south to Florida so you can stay in our house for a couple months till we get back. Well, we, at least we had a place to live. That, that sounds good, but I'm like, this isn't going to work out very well. And uh, pr- just praying and praying. And somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody said, there's a house you might be able to rent over in Mattituck. We went over, looked at it, said, well, there's somebody still living here. There's, uh, there's somebody who hasn't decided whether they're going to keep renting it or not. I was already in South Carolina the week of our wedding, and the landlord calls me up and goes, it's yours if you want it. We've had a lot of people over. Miss Louise got saved in the living room of our house. Can I tell you, God still works miracles? God still works miracles? And it's not because of how great we are. It's not because of, man, I must be awful spiritual that God... No, it's this. If we stay, if we get committed to what God has called us to do and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you, whatever that happens to be, we're going to be able to... We're going to encounter some things that are absolutely terrifying, that are absolutely overwhelming, that are absolutely over... just overpower us. But at the same time, we're going to be able to see if we... Stay faithful to God and cry out to Him. God's going to move in and God is going to accomplish great things. Following God is going to lead you into overwhelming storms. But following God into the storms allows you to experience the goodness and the wonderful works of God in ways that other people can only hear about. But you can get to experience it. The business of God is worth doing. Obeying God, it's worth it to be about the business of God. Doing the business of God is going to bring you to the end of yourself. You're going to say, I don't know how this is going to work. It's going to bring you to a point of despair sometimes. It's going to bring you to a point of brokenheartedness as you're weeping over people who aren't following the Lord, as you're dealing with uh, just the troubles and the trials of life. But those times of troubles and helplessness give great opportunities for God to deliver. And those who see God deliver have great reasons to praise God. They have stories to tell about to the glory of God. You listen to some of the stories of missionaries and why do they have such tremendous stories is because they've gone through some really dark waters and they've gone through some very difficult things. But God's brought them through. I don't, I don't know what everyone is going through this evening. Be about the business of the Father. Don't give up. And it's going to be exciting to see what God will do this Thanksgiving. Do you want to have more reasons to praise God next Thanksgiving? Be about the business of the Father. Get, do what God has commanded you to do, and we're going to have some stories to tell by next year about what God has done. We've already had stories to tell for God's glory about what God has done here at Community Baptist Church. People go, wow, that's amazing. Praise God. 
But we don't want it to end here. We want it to continue so that God can continue to work for the purpose of God. Just those who follow God will encounter great storms, but they'll experience a greater deliverance, a greater walking with God, a greater knowledge of God through the storms because we can praise God when He delivers. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You this evening. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your blessings. Pray, Lord, that You'd help each one of us stay faithful, serve You. In Jesus' name we pray. Take a moment. If you need to ask the Lord just to help you tonight, if you maybe you've been a little bit discouraged, and you say, Lord, help me to keep staying faithful. Let's take some moments. Just talk with the Lord right now.